Uh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. And we got to have fun with it. It's going to work. I I really don't know if this intro is going to work. It's going to work. Just trust me. Formula One is back again. Lots of race setting pace. We're ready for the new year. Let's go, let's go, let's go. Mercedes is looking rough, very tough. Just our luck. Hamilton could be the best. Will he win number eight? Max is going for the lead. Can he win? Oops, he spin. McLaren's car's looking sharp. Watch Lando fly. Lots of drivers in new seats. Sergio, Ricardo. Will Carlos outshine Leclerc? Who knows, who knows, who knows? Haas has a whole new lineup. Or money, legacy. Williams under new owners. Will George I get a shot? Many races to enjoy. 23 soon to be who's ready for the season we know we freaking are hello and welcome to another edition of off the pit wall an american f1 podcast and this week we have to wrap up the in comparison to everything else so far this year, the controversy explosion that was the 10th round of this Formula One World Championship fight, uh, and that is the British Grand Prix. Hunter, what what a race just for the controversy, the first ever sprint qualifying. There's a lot to talk about for this past weekend. Yeah, there's a lot to unpack here, and I can't wait to start. Yeah, so there are two main things that we need to go over. First off, First ever sprint qualifying on Saturday. You know, there's a lot to talk about with it. Let's get to that. But before we do that, let's start with the number one controversy during, I mean, the entire race. And that is not even one lap in, half a lap in, cop's corner. Max Verstappen gets thrown off the track after having a incident with Lewis Hamilton Give me your overall thoughts of it. Kind of give me the rundown of basically where your head's at now that we've had half a week to kind of digest what happened. Well, I'll put it this way. Lewis Hamilton, he said his favorite driver going out was the Arts and Senna. When you no longer go for a gap, you no longer are a racing driver. That's a famous quote. Both drivers were driving hard. I definitely don't think that Lewis was ever going to make that corner without running over Max. But... It's racing. It was a racing deal. They both were going for it. Uh, Lewis knew that that was the last corner he would have any sort of chance at passing Max. And that's all. That's all it was. It was a racing incident. I, as a Red Bull fan, was very upset that Max... I was, first of all, just hoping Max was okay. Second of all, upset that Total Wolf said, like, a week ago, all we need is for Max to not finish <laughs> one race and we'll be when we'll be world, in the world champion fight again. And what do they do? They take him out. Did they do it on purpose? No. That's terribly not. funny, though. That is, you, we have to, I was going to bring that up. The fact that during the preview show, we talked about the, oh, well, you know, we, we are one mistake from Max Verstappen away from having this fight narrow all the way back down. And what happened? Well, a, a DNF happened, and it happened to be at the hands of Mercedes. Yeah, and now the Constructors' Championship is is only four points, and the Drivers' Championship is, uh, quick maths, eight points. So it, yeah. it, it's close. Yeah, thank, um, thank you for your quick maths. And, of course, like the accident, I don't know about you, Hunter, but when I first saw the accident, I was like, ooh, that was a bad slam. Car going sideways into the tire barrier. We later found out that uh, Max Verstappen, obviously we saw him walk away and go into the, the medical ambulance for like a precautionary effort. But he cracked his helmet, which is crazy. And it was 51 G impact. Yeah, experienced 51 G's of force on that impact, which is ungodly if you consider the force that people no like astronauts go don't even go through 51 G's of force in some of the most drastic parts of their they, job. They they talk about at this track how they go through about 5.8 G's at the most through some of the corners, and they talk about how insane that is. I mean, fighter pilots they go through 8 G training most of the people pass out during that training he did 51 g's that is unbelievable i was upset that max got taken out it ruined the whole race to me because i was like i don't even want to watch at this point not because i was just bummed that max was out but because i just assumed lewis would drive away and it wouldn't be a fun race to watch at all um which which you were wrong about by the way i'd say yeah, but still, Lewis ended up winning, which wasn't a shocker, especially since after, I think it was like lap 12, Charles goes, my engine's turning off, 
And I went, oh, great. Well, there wasn't any chance of anything fantastic happening there. But he held on for second, which is nice. Overall, I thought it was a, a pretty good race. Not going to lie, though, I fell asleep for probably 10 laps. Um, oh, my God. Come on, Hunter. <laughs> I don't know. I th- it was a good race. Don't get me wrong. But I just I was very bummed and I didn't really care once Max got taken out because in the title fight, it just pissed me off. So I was like, I don't really care. OK, getting back to elements of the accident and things that happened because of the accident. Obviously, yeah. you said that you were disappointed as a Red Bull fan, but at the end of the day, you did think it was a racing incident. Oh, it totally was a racing the, incident. I don't think we need to blow it out of proportion at all. It was a the, racing incident. Well, I mean, the Stewarts clearly didn't think it was entirely a racing incident because they did offer up a penalty to Lewis Hamilton. Well, because like I said, there was no way he was making that corner without hitting him. I'm just saying neither one of them was giving an inch. That's the only reason it was a racing incident. If Lewis wouldn't have been even side by side, if Lewis would have been a whole car length behind and threw a dive bomb and just took him out, yeah, that's not cool. But they were racing side by side. One of them had to give to make both of them through the corner. Neither of them gave. One of them didn't leave the corner. That's just how it works. I I don't think he deserved a 10-second penalty. Well, I'll put it this way. He deserved a 10-second penalty because he was never going to make that corner. I don't think he deserves anything else that other people have been like saying how Lego needs to get suspended for a race or, oh, he should lose a, the – whatever, the super license for a race. Yeah. All this, that, and the other. They were racing. They're racing for a championship. He's racing for his eighth championship, which would be the most ever. The, the man, he's still trying – he's still a race car driver. It, again, if you no longer go for a gap that exists, you're no longer a racing driver. Like it – Yes, his angle of entry looked like he was never going to make that turn without hitting him, but both of them never gave an inch, so they hit each other. It was inevitable. It was a racing incident. And this was building up for some time because you got to remember that there were previous early race incidents, not to the effect that anyone crashed out or anything, but this is not the first time that like Max and Lewis were fighting through a couple of the opening turns of a race. You have to look at Imola, for example, through the first chicane. Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton were going side by side through the first chicane at Imola. And there, Lewis Hamilton backed off, took the worst line through the chicane, and lived to fight another day. Same thing happened at exactly. the Well, same thing happened at the Spanish Grand Prix. It's always Lewis. Oh, yeah. They're always was, it's always been close, and it's been Lewis losing out so far this season. Well, no, no. It's um, it's it's been Lewis who has backed out of the corner. And this and that's is what I'm saying. Is, it's been Lewis losing out. As a result, then. Yeah, this is the first time that Lewis said, no, screw you. If you want to avoid touching, you back off. But he, Lewis wasn't ahead of him. If Lewis had the corner on entry, that would have been the correct thing, and it would have been but, all on Max. But they but were alongside each other, which is the same thing that happened at Imola and at, in Spain. Yes, but as the person on the outside, you don't back off. On the person on the outside of the corner, you're not the one to back off because you're already on the outside. You're only going to wash out farther. The person on the inside is going to go into your line. And also, typically, if you're on the outside, you're the one already in the lead. So it's just a it's just a racing incident. We could talk about this for a whole podcast. It's just a racing incident when it comes down to it. All right. Well, let's move on to some of the comments and drama that happened after the race, including the fact that Max Verstappen, one of the first statements he made publicly on his Twitter once he got out of the hospital that he was later transported to uh, during the course of the race, included him saying, quote, very disappointed with being taken out like this. The penalty does not help us and doesn't do justice to the dangerous move that Lewis made on track. Watching the celebrations while still in the hospital is disrespectful and unsportsmanlike behavior, but we move on. Do you think that Lewis's celebration at the end of the race, which was greater than the typical celebration that we've seen, which him celebrating extra was because he's in front of his home crowd the first time that fans are back in the stands. Yeah, to know, me, like, I again, I don't look deeply into things. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, I do. I just don't care, is what I should say. Um, and to me, this was a dude just won his first Grand Prix in six attempts. Longest streak he's ever gone, like, personally without winning. Uh, his like whole career or whole turbo hybrid era career. He does it in front of all of his home, his home track that he has a, that he has a part of the track named after himself in front of a sold out crowd for the first time in like two years. I didn't even think twice about him showboating extra for that. I just went, Lewis Hamilton finally won a race again. He did it in front of all of his home fans in a sold out arena for the first time since before COVID. 
I did not even think twice about, oh, he's rubbing it in that he took out Max. I just went, the dude's just celebrating. Yeah, I think some of the the more serious Red Bull fans are basically pointing to the fact of like, well, how could you be celebrating like that when somebody is in the hospital? I mean, yeah, but he was fine. Yeah. Yes. But, you know, while he was in the hospital because of something that happened, that is your yeah, fault. Right. Well, whatever. You know, he he won the race. I don't I get you. I'm just bringing up the different angles that have been really brought to people's attention about this. The other angle of this that if I may parlay into our sprint qualifying discussion a little bit, mm-hmm. many people are saying that this incident wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for sprint qualifying on Saturday, because the same exact type of situation happened. Both of them were fighting each other through the first lap. They were fighting each other through cops corner. Lewis Hamilton backed off and everything to avoid an incident. And the result of that was that Max Verstappen got ahead and then never looked back. And for the rest of the 17 lap race was leading comfortably. It's hard not to say sprint qualifying caused this, but do you think that that's a bad thing? And what are your overall thoughts on sprint qualifying? Having seen its first implementation this weekend, I'm not going to say sprint qual. Well, sure. You can say, I guess sprint qualifying caused this because Lewis should have started on pole, but he started second. Well, the fact that Lewis knew how it would play out if and he didn't he knew, make a move That's early. what I'm saying is that so he knew that he had to make it that corner or else for at least 17 laps, he would max would have been gone. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's uh, there's a big difference between 52 laps and 17 laps. Like there's a whole race strategy that they could have tried to work out to beat max. But I'll put it this way for sprint qualifying now that I've actually seen it. I really enjoyed one practice session qualifying second practice session race if the if if the FIA decided for some reason to only do two practice sessions for a regular race weekend no sprint just practice qualifying practice race i think that'd be awesome um i thought it made qualifying pretty interesting uh, i thought it shook up things just a tiny bit not not too crazy but it definitely shook things up a little bit made the teams work a little harder probably the sprint race did exactly what the FIA prayed it would do some people had big moves. Some people were big losers. Some people moved around a little bit. It did exactly what they probably hoped it would do. I didn't care for it. I thought it was fun, but an F1 race is about strategy. If I wanted to watch that, I would watch like a, a karting race um, because a karting race is shorter. There's obviously, you still got to drive well and everything just like you do here, but there's no strategy. It's just who is the fastest. They should win. That's not Formula One to me. Formula One is about the, the, the reliability of the car and and everything and all the blah, blah, blah. But if this is what the FIA thinks is the absolute best thing and we have to do this to save the sport, even though I don't think it's dying, then it was fine. I can get over it and deal with it. But I, I personally don't think we need the sprint qualifying. Yeah, if anything, the Netflix series has only reinvigorated the the amount of that's what I'm saying is like sport, so I from what I understand they're doing this because they're trying to get new viewers to watch that well, well okay they're doing this because they want more people to watch Friday and Saturday it's okay, not but here's it's, it's not bringing more people in in general it's getting the people who only watch Sunday to watch Friday and Saturday which people who only watch Sunday are ever going to only watch Sunday I don't get why big big sports and things like this like bodies of whatever sanctioning bodies do this and it's not just in formula one it's all sports all around the world why don't they just let it be the people who watch watch for a reason people who don't watch aren't ever going to watch and if you change it to make it so they want to watch you're going to alienate all the real people who watch and they're not going to want to watch anymore if you don't like qualifying you don't like qualifying, so you don't watch it. If you don't like practices, you don't watch practices. If you just want to watch the race, you're just going to watch the race. I don't understand why they have to change things. And maybe I'm going to sound like an old man here, but like they just don't. I don't get why you got to change things when it works and it's the way it's always been. If you're going to want to watch practice because you're interested in it, you're going to watch it. If you're going to want to watch qualifying because you find it exciting, you're going to watch it. Like one of our friends, they don't watch qualifying, but they almost always watch the Sunday race. They don't want to take the time to watch qualifying. They don't think it's all that necessary to watch. It well, does, like you know what I mean. It doesn't change how the race plays out for them. 
just for people who do enjoy watching that content, they watch it. Oh, I don't get why okay, you're trying okay. to change that. So for for that, I would say that the people who the people who only want to watch the race will only watch the race. That's fine. But if there are people who only watch the race now, but are like, "Ooh, the idea of a sprint qualifying instead of just the regular qualifying interests me," you have some people now watching on Saturday and Sunday. For but- for in person, this creates for the people who run, you know, the Grand Prix at these tracks and and have events that you know need to make you know, tens of thousands of dollars in one weekend in order to justify the the maintenance and upkeep and everything of the track. This means that your Friday tickets instantly become more popular and you can raise the price on them and make more money off them because there is qualifying there. There is a major event happening on Saturday besides like an F2 race. So there's something like actually interesting there for everyone who doesn't care about f2 and wants to see like racing a formula one on a saturday and a sunday i get what you're saying hunter i think the thing is that sure there are still going to be people that are like yeah no matter what i'm only going to watch on sunday that's fine they're providing more options for the people who would be interested in watching a sprint qualifying session but aren't interested in watching the current format as it is now the only losers here are the people who really love practice sessions because now you have less practice sessions. But Hunter, you're someone who is kind of in that boat yourself. And you already said that the less practice sessions made the rest of the weekend a bit more interesting. I yeah, th- I'm fine with only doing two practice sessions or whatnot, just so it makes it harder on the teams. I'm just saying that from a broadcasting standpoint or whatnot or whatever, it makes it harder for the people who do like watching qualifying to then be able to watch qualifying because now they can only see uh, sprint qualifying because actual qualifying is going to be all while they're working. Well, for us in America, it is while we're working. For people in Europe, which is their main target demographic... The, right the, when they get off of work. Still, 6 o'clock is a perfectly fine... Like, Think about, you know, like our sporting events, like when it comes to baseball, a lot of our evening baseball games start at seven. When it comes to football, you know, eight o'clock is the typical time for the evening football games here in America. Yeah, because most, almost everyone is completely done work by then. They're not traveling home still. Yeah, but like the thing is, I'm just saying it, I didn't like it. But okay. if this is the route that they're going to force us to go, it's not the worst thing in the world. There could have probably been way worse options. The sprint qualifying gave drivers a chance to think about how the start of the race would be a thing in Sunday, leading to incidents like the Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen incident. I mean, the sprint qualifying had Fernando Alonso do crazy things. It had the whole drama with Sergio Perez spinning out. There was, there was a lot to sprint qualifying and I'm not going to say, Oh, like all in all, it was a success, but it was interesting for what it was. It definitely brought in more viewers on Saturday than typical, and it brought in way more viewers on Friday night than typical. And on top of that, it definitely, I mean, especially for a sold-out crowd at Silverstone, they sold more tickets. They made more money. So this is all very much a positive, and I don't I don't think that the FIA is going to adopt it full-on, but I definitely think this is something that we are going to see more of in the future the one thing that I do want to talk to you about, Hunter, what are your thoughts about the title of pole position with the sprint qualifying? So it means nothing now. So at least the way it worked this past weekend, the person who won traditional qualifying was given the Speed King Award. Yeah, I don't like that. Which was really dumb. I'll admit it was stupid as hell. And then the guy who actually won pole position was whoever won the sprint. I think that whoever wins the traditional qualifying should keep pole position. Yeah, and they then start on pole position for essentially a heat race, and then can you keep it? That's yeah, and like yeah, you start and then you the make a different award for the feature, but qualifying is qualifying. You can't compare the two. If you qualify, it's a one lap shootout. Who's the fastest for one lap? That's qualifying. You keep that as the qualifying pole award or whatever for the sprint race. Then for the sprint race, you need to come up with something else. Don't call the qualifier speed king well, or whatever. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. As hell. They need to come up with something else for, for the, uh, for the sprint. Pole. You're starting pole on the sprint then. Just you clarify that you, you just are two starting pole, pole on the sprint. You just make it a different thing. You're the sprint pole position because you earned that. And then can you earn the the 
the Grand Prix pole position. Well, I don't. It, it comes into play because keeping track of records and things like number of pole positions and all that stuff. I understand. So it, it, I think qualifying pole position, no matter what, qualifying pole position should. That's actually pole. Who starts first in this race now? It, that's not an award or anything. Or if if it's award, it's a completely different category now, not to be tied in at all with the actual qualifying pole position awards. Yeah, I do agree that they shouldn't make a separate no, don't category wrong. for it. No one's ever going to catch Lewis Hamilton's like 99 pole positions or whatever the hell he has. Well, it could have been 100 if it wasn't for the Speed King award. Sure, but oh, I think he's probably past 100 now. I think he did that last season. Did he? Um, I, I guess think. he did. I don't, I don't know. I don't remember. I think he broke every single thing possible I, last Either season. way, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, I just think that it, it should be a new award. Yes. It should be qualifying, and whoever wins the sprint race, they get their own little asterisk or whatever. What about the changes to the race in terms of the fact that sprint qualifying removes the restriction on tire choice for the top 10? I don't I don't like, like this. it. I don't like I this. I don't either. like it at all because now you've taken away any sort of now don't get me wrong. They didn't have an advantage, but you've taken away any sort of tactical I mean, ideas. They, anyone's t- 11th and back could have had of getting points. If it wasn't for a red flag two laps into the race, it would have actually come into play tactically because everyone at the front would have been on softs. And especially with how much we saw the soft tires get degraded to all hell for the couple guys who ran it during the sprint qualifier, it would have definitely forced a lot of the people in the top 10 to probably fall back on a two-stop strategy, whereas everyone... 11 and back would have been able to go medium to hard. But or realistically, if qualifying counted, I think they would have started on softs anyways. I don't keep know. the Q2 tire, I guess. Well, whatever, still Q2, whatever you yeah, did on Q2, you, that's it. I don't know. Well, the, the problem then becomes, you know, if you do the sprint qualifying and you like started eighth and then fall back to like 14th, you know, something like what George Russell did, then he's going to be starting the race in 14th on a used pair of soft tires, and he's just going to be dead in the water. So, yeah, I don't know if that's really make good. Make everyone run whatever Q2 tire they ran. Everyone then, run the Q2 tire? Okay, what no, about the guys like, who aren't even in Q2? What about the they final their, five? They run, their, they run their fastest Q3 tire. Oh, get Q1, but yeah. Like, or Q1, sorry. They run know. their fastest Q1 tire. See, this gets way too messy. That's the one problem I have with sprint qualifying is the, the lack of I don't know. It just adds a bunch lock. of stuff that I don't like, and I'm sounding like a senile old man, and I don't like change. But I honestly thought that the F1 Grand Prix weekend was honestly perfect the way it was. Three practice sessions, a qualifying, and a race. I think you only need two practice sessions of qualifying a race for real after seeing this weekend. But I just, I don't know. I just, I'm a senile old man. I don't like the sprint race. My, my it, Hunter, you moved to Ohio and you aged age 40 too years. Many things. It changes too many things. And now I understand where you're coming from, where you made the point of, oh, well, for the track promoters, it helps them a lot. Yeah, it gives them three days of action. I mean, yeah, but I mean, they're already getting three days of action normally because either Formula E is there with them or Formula 2 is there with no, them. No, no, no. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. You cannot tell me that the amount of money that they made with the old format on Fridays is the same as they made this past weekend with the new format and qualifying on Friday. I have no clue because I haven't seen a fan in the stands for a year and a half. I'm telling you right now that the Friday ticket sales, both price wise and amount of people buying it. Now, obviously, part of this is because they're finally allowed back in, but their numbers for this past British Grand Prix have to be way higher than the Friday prices and sale amounts in 2019, for example. I have no clue. All I know is that wherever F1 goes, they always seem to be dang near sold out because it's a it's the greatest form of motorsport in the world. I just don't think that if that's the only positive is that those tracks get to make more money. I don't think that's worth it. It's not the only positive because they're also making we're, we're going in circles. I'm going to get back to the fact that, like, you're going to get more money on TV deals and all that stuff. We we need to start talking about these teams. We all right. We've we, <laughs> we are borderline a half hour into this podcast. We haven't said a single grade for these teams, which is the main thing we want to do. Wrapping up uh, a race weekend uh, like the British Grand Prix. There's a lot of drama. OK, 
There was a lot that we had to talk about. We had to talk about Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, sprint qualifying. Ah, like it. They they went home to Britain and everything just kind of went to for a second. And I really, really wanted Charles to win because then an Italian would again beat England. Uh, but anyways. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe maybe that was why Lewis was so excited about uh, about his win in front of the <laughs> he home. He brought fans. something home for England. All right. Well, let's talk about the teams. We're going to go in order of the World Constructors Championship standings, like we always do, which starts us again for I don't know, like this at least this race, the the sixth race in a row, and uh, you know maybe the last race for a while. Uh, Red Bull on top, sixteenth, and a retirement. What do uh, what do you think about Red Bull? What grade do you give them? Piss poor. Um, oh yeah, it was terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, the fact that Sergio got fastest lap just so that Mercedes wouldn't get it, but they don't even get it either. But just make sure they don't get it. Um, that's the only positive. That is the only positive. Uh, honestly, I know it's not Max's fault, but as a team, F. Yeah, I have to give him an F too, dude. It was just utterly, utterly baffling. The front qualifying never existed. It'd probably yeah. be a fantastic race for them. They, they probably, but, yeah, they probably would have got a first and a points finish. But sprint qualifying, give them enough. Red Bull's entire lead is blown away at this point, as you talked about. Yep. Four points back in the constructors and eight points back in the drivers, um, or ahead, I should say. Um, you yeah. know, everyone caught up to only four and eight points back. F4 Red Bull in this one. Mercedes, what are your thoughts about Lewis Hamilton and Valtteri Bottas having another double podium finish in 2021? Uh, fantastic race for them. Obviously, controversy with Lewis, but to me, first thing I thought of again was the uh, Senna quote and the Senna actions and everything. It's a racing deal. It's racing. You got to be a jerk sometimes to win, uh, especially if you want to be a champion. Uh, I give him an A. They closed the gap within four now for constructors, and Lewis is right there for uh, another championship. So I'll give them an A. Yeah, I'm gonna give them a B plus because even with the penalty, I I feel like Lewis definitely overcame the penalty, chased down you know the Ferrari with the engine problems and all that stuff. What was Valtteri doing? I feel like Valtteri should have come in second. I think here. Valtteri's given up. Uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that, but I mean <laughs> just he did. didn't. Well, I know, but. I, maybe I take it back. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that, like in the past, like at the beginning of the season, if they tried to give Valtteri team orders, he'd be like, "No, dude." Like, if he like clearly needs to pass me, sure. But like, and like now he's just sure, whatever. I don't care. Y'all ain't gonna give me a contract anyway. So Valtteri was a better McLaren pit stop away from being off the podium in fourth. Oh, one hundred percent. Valtteri so- Bottas did enough to get a podium, and that was it. Yeah. Uh, and he only did that really because Lando had a six second stop. Yeah, he, he gave himself half a penalty for seemingly no reason at all. Um, I'm yeah. giving them a B plus. Uh, you give them an A. Overall, yeah. it was still a very good weekend for them. They bounced back strongly and are again in the fight for the World Drivers Championship and World Constructors Championship. Moving on to third, the team that I believe they widened the gap. If I if I'm doing my math right here, or maybe they lost a little bit in the gap either way, because they were up by 19. They, go, uh, they gained three points. They uh, Ferrari gained three points. No. Oh, yeah, no. sorry. Ferrari yeah. gained three points. Yeah, Ferrari gained three points to the gap. Um, so McLaren entered the race up by 19 points in the in the constructor standings. They are now up by 15. Yep. So they lost four points. Yep. That's how math works. I couldn't think. Yeah, 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 15. God, we're just idiots. <laughs> they have okay. they have 22 points and Ferrari got 26 points. Yes. I think. Okay. <laughs> Either way, fourth yes. place and fifth place for the two guys in McLaren, as I said. Phenomenal. Lando Norris was a better pit stop away from potentially being on the podium. I'm not going to say it's guaranteed, but, you know, a way better shot at it. What is your grade for McLaren this weekend? Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Uh, only thing better would have been a third and fourth. That would give them an A, or like an A+. plus. I'm going to give them an A- minus because they got fourth and fifth. I understand now Ferrari did beat them this weekend, but assuming Ferrari doesn't beat them this weekend, a fourth and a fifth is phenomenal for them, especially since Daniel's been so hit or miss this season, giving them an A-. minus. 
Yeah, I mean, we talked about Lando always being top five. He did that again. This was Ricardo's best finish of the season. Absolutely best finish of the season. You know, he was looking like he did back in some better races like France or Imola, for example. Uh, so good on him for that as well. I have to give them an A- minus as well. I think that's right about where it should be. Uh, fourth and fifth for them is brilliant. Just in, in a I mean, Lando's third in drivers right now. Like, yeah, it's yeah. phenomenal. A couple DNFs from Mercedes and Red Bull, and man, Lando could be in the title fight. Yeah, I can't wait until we go to Hungary and Max takes out Lewis, and they both, you know, DNF, and, and then, then and then and then Lando, Lando runs the away. race. Yeah, yeah, yep. And then bang, he's in there. And they yeah. do it again. Hey, bang, he does, he's in there. Listen, I just need I just need Zach Brown to to say that they're only a DNF or two away from being back in yeah. the in the title fight. There we go. And, they only need it. Well, a constructor is not not well, a shot, not, not a snowball's yeah. chance in hell. But drivers, Lando, Lando could win this. Yeah, yeah, Lando could. We need some more accidents for them to get back in 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 the fight for the constructor. But literally two DNFs from Lando and two race wins, or sorry, two DNFs from Lewis and two uh, race wins from Lando, and he's only four points behind Lewis. Yeah, and it is very much a long season. Although now don't get me wrong, that's a long yeah. shot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm giving them an A minus as well, you know, in a vacuum, ignoring what Ferrari did. This was a very quality weekend for them. Yes. And, you know, we joked about Lando getting on the podium and he almost did exactly that. Also, apparently he got, he got mugged or something. So he was not in a good state of mind and whatnot. And also, so yeah. for that too, getting a still a fourth, great job. Yeah. He got his watch stolen when he was at the Euro finals between yes. England and uh, Italy, which of course, yeah, you got to remember, he's, the man's only 21 years old. He's still a human being. Like, if I got beat up and stuff stolen from me, I don't know if I'd be, well, I don't think be he got, ready to hop in an F1 car and be like, hey, let's do it. I don't think he got beat up. He probably just got, like, a knife pulled on him and was like, give me your watch. And he gave his watch. I don't um, know. He said, he said it was sore. So they clearly had to, like, at least hit him. I, I guess. I don't know. Did you hear how much the watch was that he had stolen it's from like him? $100,000 or something? Like $40,000 still. Okay. No, that's, I mean, a stupid amount of money. Yeah, that's like two years of college for me. <laughs> yeah. Like, like what? That's like, that's like half of my, my student loan debt. Come on, give it to me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, I'll take the watch. I'll, I'll take the watch. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but uh, McLaren, excellent weekend for them. A minus overall. Yeah, just, just very solid showing. And honestly, a solid showing out of Ferrari as well. Hunter, what's your grade? Uh, I wish Charles could have held on to that one. That would have been... Shocking. If he didn't have those engine problems, I think he would have done it. Um, well, let's be honest here. Let's just celebrate the fact that Charles got his first podium of the season. Well, yeah, that too, especially since how far they'd fallen last season. It looked like they'd never even see a podium ever again. But I want to raise from Charles. Carlos, I think, could have done a little bit better. But looking at the drivers in front of him, there's not much he could have done other than maybe beat Daniel. So, again, in a vacuum, going second and sixth, that's an A minus B plus territory. Uh, as the team, you would have loved to see Carlos beat McLaren, uh, at least one of them. Uh, but for real, second place and sixth, especially since where they were last year, um, I, I give I'll give them a B plus just because it's a bit more of a gap than than McLaren had between their two drivers. They get an A, A in my book. I mean, it's a podium finish for Ferrari. They've only had one other podium finish this season, and I mean it's. It's a situation where, yes, they made up points on McLaren. They got a podium. Charles Leclerc led almost every lap of that damn race. Yeah. They get an A for the weekend. That's fair. I, I would I, like to give him an A, but I already said B+. Plus. I feel like I can't change it. I mean, it hasn't stopped you before. I'll be honest. Yeah, I'll give him an A-. Minus. It, it hasn't... It- <laughs> It hasn't stopped you before from changing whenever you hear my number. I'll give him like, an A-. Oh, I'll okay, give him an A-. Minus. Okay, okay, okay. All right. A-, A minus for the uh, for the Scuderia. Moving on to the next team in our standings, uh, a team that's gap has narrowed to a single point. Yeah, one point. Over their, uh, over their challengers in the midfield, Alpha Tauri. They get a 10th place. Yuki got points. Yes, and Pierre did not. Uh, Yuki 10th, Pierre 11th. Not what I was expecting at all, to be completely honest. I thought with the short weekend, I thought with the one practice, the qualifying, the second practice, the race, I honestly thought Pierre would have been would have been fighting top five. 
Wow. Okay. Um, okay. Just because when you look at well, when they go to most race weekends after first practice, Pierre's normally right up there. And then you figure they're only going to do one practice. Then they're going to qualify. You figure, oh, well, typically Pierre's up there. Give him top six, top five. And then sprint race, just hold on to it. Real race, again, just hold on to it. But yeah, 10th and 11th, I would have liked to have seen them done a little bit better than that. Uh, I got to give them like a C plus because it wasn't that great. Yeah, and I mean, Pierre Gasly didn't do that great in any of the qualifying forms. He qualified traditionally 12th. He's been sprint qualifying. He held 12th. But that isn't great considering that you had the likes of Sergio fall back. You had the likes of... Well, I guess George didn't fall back too much in uh, in the sprint. But, I mean, still, yeah, imagine he could have done better, especially considering the form he's been showing during other courses of the season. Yeah, for Alpha Tauri, it's one of those situations where you think about what they should be doing, approximately, and you peg them as, you know, low points finishes, maybe like, you know, 11, 12, 13, if they're having a rough weekend. But then you you suck out the fact that both Red Bulls were out of this race, one literally and the other yep. one figuratively. And that that creates a vacuum of space where some of these midfield drivers should get better points finishes. And to me, Alpha Tauri should be very much handling, I mean, at the very least handling Alpine. Maybe they're fighting with Aston Martin a little bit more. But out of the three midfield teams, they came in last, if you will. Yeah. They got one point. In comparison to the, I think, four points from Aston Martin. Four and, points from Lance Troll. Yeah, four, and four eight points, points from Lance. From, and eight points total from Alpine. Yeah, yeah. So Alpha Tauri, they had the opportunity to get an easy double points finish here. Pierre could have been much higher. He could have been up there, you know, maybe even nipping at the back of Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. I mean, that's not even unheard of considering what Gasly's done so far this season. So considering all of that... Kind of want to give them a D plus. Is that crazy? That's fine. No, you're not crazy for that. That's fine because, I mean, like I said, that's why I feel like when I said C plus, I was like, I feel like that's, I'm saying they're doing it's a tiny bit better than average. And I was trying to say that they were, they should have been way higher than where they were. So really, I was going to get, I should have given them a C minus. Kind of forgot how grading worked. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you want to make it a C minus, we can make it a C minus. Yeah, I'd make it a C minus. Yeah, okay. See, uh, officially locked in C-minus for the Alpha Tauri squad. Yes. Well, moving on to the next team in that midfield pack, Aston Martin's now only a point behind Alpha Tauri. Uh, as you mentioned, Lance Stroll came on with four points in eighth place. A retirement from Seb Vettel. Um, what are your thoughts about Aston Martin's weekend? Uh, I'm sure they would have liked to have done better in their now home Grand Prix. Um. Hey, but they got that safety car out there. Everyone got to see the green on the safety car. Oh, yeah. Woo. Woo. Uh, yeah. Mark, marketing money. Woo. Yeah, exactly. Uh, fantastic job for Lance Stroll for this season's car. Um, that's about all you can say for the whole weekend, I think. I, I'll give him a C minus again. Ah, C. A C. Just a flat old because it should be higher if Seb would have not DNF'd. And he would have almost scored points or something like that. It definitely would have been higher. But since only one car finished the race, just a C. Because we know that they're a they're a somewhere between like realistically seventh and tenth place car, like for best finishes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And for them to get eighth, that's pretty much on par. But it would be higher if again Seb did a little better. Or even finished the race, just to say. So C. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a C plus just because Looking at their experience over this race season so far, they've had more double non-points finishes than double points finishes. So I'd say that for me, the average expectation of them, especially when I consider the fact that the Alpha Tauri, I think, is a superior car to the Aston Martin this year, means that they would typically be more outside the points than in. You know, they were definitely helped by the lack of Red Bull at the front. So I'm going to give them a C plus about that. I, I, I think that that the the eighth place was good enough for a C plus, even with the retirement. That's fair. Now on to Alpine double points finish for the French squad. Uh, what are your yeah, thoughts? That's nutty. Yeah, what are your thoughts about Alpine getting their first double points finish since yeah, Portugal? Per- 
yeah, Fernando got seventh and Esteban got ninth. Great job for them as a team. Fantastic. Honestly, I don't know how much higher they really can finish. So I want to give them like an A minus or like an A. Because realistically, with the way they've raced this whole season, I don't know how much higher of a double points finish they really realistically could steal. Yeah. So honestly, an A. Just yeah. playing this up a wait, great weekend. Wait, wait, hold on. An A? <laughs> yeah, an A. I, I'm saying I don't think they can finish much higher. Okay, I will admit. For a double points finish, I don't think they can finish much higher. Okay, I'm going to give them... I'm going to give them a B. Okay. okay. I'm not quite as bullish on them to give them a, uh, to I give mean, them you an see a. Fernando sprint qualifying. You're talking about sprint qualifying. Oh my God. The almighty sprint qualifying. Well, <laughs> he did pretty, pretty cool on that. So went from like 11th to like eighth or something in the first turn. So well, he went from 11th to like fourth in the first turn and then fell back to eighth over the course of the next 17 laps. Well, that's what I'm saying, but I mean, pretty fantastic week for them in all. So I'll give him an A. I'm giving them a B. I do agree that between Alpha Tauri, Aston Martin and Alpine, with the exception of Pierre, seventh is really the ceiling unless something crazy happens. Yeah, that that's that's the situation. And even and that's what I'm saying. A yeah. seventh and a ninth. Give them an A. They earned it. I'm giving them a B. All right. I I have to to give them an A, to give any of the midfield an A, I need to see them intermixed with the Ferraris and the McLarens of the world. Um, okay, that's fair that's, enough. That's I just think I just think that that's the cat. And for them to actually do that's pretty dang good. Yeah, I I'll admit it's a great showing from them. One of the, it's it's just shy of their best showing all all season, but I'm giving them a B. Okay. Now on to the bottom three teams, Alfa Romeo, they ended 13th and 15th. What, what are your thoughts about Alfa Romeo? Because I'm, I'm very much just like, eh, about, about well, them again. I'll put it this way. We got to fight for first and second. We got to fight. Or I guess you should say we have a fight for first between two teams. We have a fight for third between two teams. We have a fight for fifth between three teams. And then there's Alfa. They got two points. They, one of the drivers lost to Nicholas Latifi. Actually, Alpha that's, sometimes that's a good point. Alpha, yeah, Alpha sometimes goes. We like we are right there. Like just one of y'all like don't finish or bad strategy or something. And we're stealing tenth. Like most races, this race, no, they were just playing all bad whole time. Give them a C minus, I guess. Not much really to say. They lost to they lost to both Williams technically, at least one of the drivers. I'm just going to, I'm assuming, from what I understand from the rumors I've heard, Alpha is putting all their eggs in next year, and they're kind of like done with this year as well. They're kind of doing um, the Haas strategy. Yeah. So maybe that's why Williams is, 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 is slowly starting to consistently beat them. Uh, but yeah, C minus. They're slightly less than where they are on, on good weekends. I'm going to give them a C plus solely because both of them increase their standing during the sprint qualifying okay that's fair they they finished about where you would expect them you know maybe a bit on the lower end of where you'd expect them because you know 13th seems like the nice middle ground for them and then it's kind of like you know wherever it is on either side they did advance during the sprint qualifying uh and for that i'll give them a c plus it's tough grading alfa romeo just because they're such a non-factor yeah exactly um, it's it's harder yeah but that's that's my case for a at least positive grade for Alpha. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Moving on to Williams. George made Q3 again. Phenomenal. Ah, oh, that's great. But he did not do well anywhere after that. <laughs> he was he was um, Mr. Friday and then the rest of it was just kind of. Eh. Yeah. Uh, I still don't fully understand why he got a penalty. I understand it's for contact between signs or something, but he in, uh, in the sprint qualifying, he. Um, he kind of pit maneuvered signs accidentally. Okay, that's why he got um, the penalty. He he pit like maneuvered he spun him around and everything. Or yeah, he 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 sent signs off the track. First 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 lap. First lap. Okay, that's probably why I didn't see it. My phone was lagging when I was trying to watch it. Without seeing it, just hearing it's first lap and it's a brand new squint, sprint qualifying thing where it's actually qualifying now. Uh, it's a racing deal. I don't know. I didn't see it, but. <laughs> <laughs> the racing deal. Racing deal. <laughs> I think. I think that. I think that sometimes they're a bit too. I'll put it this way: racing lines, like track limits. Yeah, be be super strict with that. That's like an actual, undeniable, easy to call penalty. Racing's racing. 
unless it's malicious, I think that's the right word, don't penalize them. That's it. People aren't going to race each other hard if if they're always worried, oh, well, you know, this guy might get skittish or whatnot and, and drive himself off the track and they'll penalize me. I understand here he spun around, but it, racing, racing deal. I don't know. Uh, but Williams, whole weekend, they finished 12th and 14th in the actual race. Uh, made it to Q3 again. This must be one of the best finishes Nicholas has had all season in 14th. Um, I, uh, I think that might be the case. And so for that, it I'm going to give him a B. It is the case. B plus, B plus, B plus. Okay, yeah. Um, I had because them d- George is right there, almost about to score some points again. And Nicholas is actually kind of there. Like, obviously, a couple more people need to get taken out, but he's close enough that you could say, oh, he was kind. He was closer. Give him a B, B plus. Yeah, I had them down for a B. It is Nicholas's best finish of the season so far. The difference here for me is that, like, during. Austria, George was like right there in the points the entire time and then lost it at the end. Yeah. Here, he fell out of the points quickly due to the, the well, penalty see, and everything. That's just George, and, though. Whole team did better this week. Okay, that's a good point. I'm, I'm still giving them a B. I, I still, no, that's fine. I, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. They, uh, much like I, I'm talking about, you know, how Alpha Tauri and Aston Martin and Alpine need to start mixing with the Ferraris and the McLarens if they want an A. Williams has to be mixing in the points. Yes. They I, need to dip the toe in a point to get an A. Yeah. The moment they get 10th and get one point, they're getting an A. doesn't matter where this other driver finishes. They're getting an A. Yeah, they, they've done the thing that hasn't happened in three years. So, yeah. yeah, they get an A. Moving on to the final team on the grid, Haas. Joel, they, drop. They, they came in last anything? Uh, yeah, Nikita beat Mick. Did he? Yeah. Oh wait! What? Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that that is spicy because that is that's the first time I think that's ever happened. It, it's the second time it's ever happened. The first time it ever happened was in Monaco. But, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. But yeah, second time it's ever happened, which is nutty. Okay. Yeah, Monaco's hard to pass, and it's whatever. This is like a real, like a real passing track. You know what I mean? Like Monaco's a historic street circuit. Monaco's Once you're in front of someone. You. Once you're in front of someone, it's pretty, it's not easy, but it's way harder for them to pass. So, uh, especially when you're in inferior houses. So, what credit um, do you give uh, Nikita for improving? Uh, phenomenal job, Nikita. You did it. You spun only once the whole weekend. You christened the, the sprint week by spinning. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know why, but when you, when you went, you did it, I, I couldn't help but think of the, the Bo Burnham, Jeffrey Bezos song. <laughs> Nikita Maspin, you did it! <laughs> oh no! Uh, oh my god! Niche references. Anyways, what uh, niche references? It's nominated for like five Emmys. Like what? <laughs> yeah, but again, who watches the Emmys? People who probably would watch Bo Burnham. Niche. Anyways, uh, I I don't know about give, that one, fam. But give okay. The team, you, I don't know. Give the team. Uh, C plus. I don't know. Slightly better than normal because they got 17 and 18 because of DNFs, and we're going to bump it up because Nikita somehow beat Nick Mick. I'm giving them a C. I can't. I This is <laughs> this is as... It's painfully average. Yeah, I know, but the C plus is only average. because Nikita beat Mick. That's literally it. The plus is only because Mick lost to Nikita. Like, with the exception of Azerbaijan, okay... I could tell you how many people retired from a race, and you can tell me Haas's finishes almost perfectly. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like, first race of the season, okay? Two retirements, one of which was a Haas. Yeah, so they got uh, 18th and 19th. 16th. That one actually breaks the rule. But, like... No, well, way to ruin it. Way to ruin the game. <laughs> but, like, Imola, you okay? You set me up to fail. Imola, three people retired. 16th, 17th. Yes. Yeah, so they get 1670s. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Spain. They're, they're going to finish last on yeah. the finishers. Like yeah. last of the people who finished the race, they will finish there, other than very rare circumstances. Now, don't get me wrong. Any of these teams, if I ever say anything, do, I would love to work for you one day. So, I mean, don't take anything <laughs> I say worth a grain of salt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, see, here's the thing you have career aspirations to make it there one day. 
My- yeah, maybe I should. Maybe I shouldn't have my name on this anymore. I need to come up with an alias. <laughs> I'm. I'm now. Uh, I don't know. Uh, 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 I don't even know. Flip me chuckles. Got. I got to come up with some sort of name. I guess I'll keep Hunter though, because that way you can just say Hunter. I'll be like Hunter Penny or so. I don't know. Um, What's the I- name? I don't know, Hunter. Do you want to call? Do you want to name yourself after royalty? You could be uh, Hunter uh, Earnhardt. No, that's too. No, that's too. That's too. That's too obviously fake. We uh, can, I'm, we can uh, make I'll the be, claim. No, I'm it, instead of Johnny Cash. I'm Hunter Penny. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm always dressing in black. I'm the man in black. What can I say? Oh my god! I'm definitely my father's son. That's for sure. One <sighs> bad joke after another. All right. Well. Either way, <laughs> that covers all of our individual driver's grades. Before we go, Hunter, we need a driver of the day. Who was your driver of the day? Charles. Charles. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he led the whole dang race, and it weren't for computer problems messing up his engine. He would have won the thing, I think. I'm going to give it to Ricardo. All right. That's fair. All right. What about on the flip side? Disappointment of the day. Uh, can't say. Well... I'm disappointed again. I'm disappointed for Max, but I can't say Max is the disappointment because it's not his fault. Uh, so Sergio is the disappointment of the day. What are you doing finishing 16th? That that's a good point. Maybe Sergio is the better disappointment of the day. To be different, I'm going to say Gasly. Gasly should have been that's higher. That's fine. That's fine. Should have been much higher than where he ended up. Um, your overall grade for the British Grand Prix, the 2021 British. Grand Prix, uh, I don't have the full title. Oh, wait. The Formula One Pirelli British Grand Prix 2021. What grade do you give the race? I give qualifying an A. I give the sprint race a, I mean, it was something, I guess. It was new, so like a B plus, an A, I guess. The race itself, give it an A. Whole weekend gets A's across the board. If if you're into excitement, this weekend had it for you. So, give it a... Uh, I'm also going to give it an A. It was a nice quality race. I like how you started out at the beginning of this going, yeah, I fell asleep for 10 laps, but you're like, yup, it's an A. Well, I mean, because, well, I fell asleep because I fall asleep. So it is what it is. But you, you fall asleep because you're you're a 60-year-old man. I'm on the ragged man. edge, man. I, yeah. I, 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 my sleep schedule is non-existent. You're, um, you're a 60-year-old man in a 25-year-old's body. Yeah, exactly. That, too. Uh, no, but I mean, first lap, you had a red flag because of an incident that was wild leading up to it anyways. Looks like it was going to be like a knockdown, drag him out fight. Then you had the drama that is Charles out in front looking like he's going to steal one only to have his wings clipped because his engine decided to not communicate with the computer correctly. Uh, then you got other stuff going on. I mean, it was a good race all in all. It, the, the poetry that is motorsport, that is live entertainment. The poetry, the poetry that is motorsport. I'm going to have to write that down, maybe put it up on the wall like a live, laugh, love thing. There you go. Yes. Yes. The poetry that is motorsport. Well, that's going to wrap up this poem about this motorsport. For now, we're going to wrap it up here on this episode of the podcast. My name is Dan Zaleski. And I'm Hunter Penny. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) And and you have been listening to Off the Pit Wall, an American F1 podcast. I'll see you guys. Off the Pit Wall is produced by Dan Zaleski. With assistant producers Kalen Wolfskill and Hunter Connor. A Ruby Media production. <laughs>